0: Today I'm sitting down with Corey Peterson. Corey, how are you doing today?
1: Doing well, brother, doing well.
0: So why don't you take a second to introduce yourself and tell us a little bit about what you do in real estate investing.
1: Yeah, so name's Corey Peterson. A lot of people call me the big kahuna. Uh, My company is called uh, Kahuna Investments. I started as a green uh, investor in 2005 with no money and no credit. And no idea where to start, but I just had a big vision of that I wanted to be successful in real estate. And um, now I own uh, multifamily apartments uh, across the country, and um, I'm living what I call the cash flow life.
0: <laughs> yes, you definitely tell everybody about that cash flow life. Uh, I, I love <laughs> it, man. Uh, your your Instagram, your Facebook posts—they're they're inspirational to a lot of us out there, and. Uh, I appreciate you uh, preaching about that cash flow life. Why don't we go back to where you where you got your start in 2005? What, what what did you start with? What strategy was the first thing you started with?
1: You know, I start off um, with no money, no credit. So I think a lot of people that end up in that position, you end up wholesaling. And right. so that's where I started because I, I didn't have any money and I didn't know anybody. And um, I really started learning how to find deals. So the first, I think a lot of people start this way is, if you don't have the funds or the people or no people with money, you've got to you got to figure out a, a way to get it. And for me, the easiest way was to wholesale. And so what I did was um, I went to a lot of the real. Well, let me let me step it back just a little piece back there. I actually did start with a little bit of money. I did a um, a home equity line of credit on my first home, this, I lived in Tulsa, Oklahoma at this time, okay. and I bought like three or three or four deals and I flipped two, I made some money, I did so well, I thought I was awesome that I quit my job and, um, and then I bought three rental properties. And then when I bought the three rental properties, I discovered that I had a new problem, which is I ran out of money. A little bit of my money was in each rental property and I didn't ha- have any more money to go do any more deals. Right. And so, um, at that point, I had to default into wholesaling.
0: <laughs> <laughs> that You know, that's a, a typical uh, way to get started in the investing. Real quickly, you find the, the easiest way to get started is wholesaling. How long did you wholesale in the Tulsa market?
1: Um, not long. Um, this is in 2005, so this is kind of a neat story of how things happened, and I'm thankful that it did. Is so when I had that problem, I didn't know how to get past it. I was still a young investor. I was only book read, um, you know. I read all the Robert Kiyosaki books and um, you know Robert Allen and all those guys, and just really trying to figure out real estate. And what I what happened was I had to go get a job. So I got a job, a new job. Now I don't have a college degree, just just so everybody knows, okay. right? Uh, like I'm uneducated, but I'm smart as hell in real estate. Is what I'll <laughs> say. But uh, I don't have a, uh, a degree. I barely made it out of high school. But I was really good at copying, okay? My teachers never liked that in high school, but I found in my business life it is the best asset that I personally own is because I, I had to go and find other people to, um, to model. And so really what happened was is I, I got a job with Edward Jones – and um, I be, got focused on becoming a financial advisor. So I got my Series 6 and 66 license to sell stocks, bonds, and mutual funds. And what that company did for the next three years, it gave me the best financial education that I could have ever received on the way money works. Right. And, so, and then around 2008, guess what happened, right?
0: <laughs> Everything went away. <laughs>
1: Yeah, and it was a great time to be a financial advisor. (laughs) Not every investment that I ever made to anybody was in the in you know tanked at least half, and um, I I really like I ended up hating that job. Well, I ended up getting fired from that job in 2009, and uh, my heart wasn't in it anymore because like it wasn't the road, and I you know I traded my my real estate dream for this being a financial advisor. And really my whole goal was just to make enough money so I could buy more real estate truly. And what I, what actually happened was I I turned around and and got on the flip side of real estate where real estate was on sale. In 2009, you could throw a dart and actually moved to Phoenix, Arizona. Okay. So in the transition of becoming an ever Jones, I moved into the best market for real estate, in my opinion, when the market crashed was Phoenix, Right. And um, I remember getting fired and I tell this story. So this is a f- great story, but, you know, I, my, my sales were down. I just, thank you for not going, not going good. And I had a meeting with my manager. And so I, I, I looked at my wife that morning before I went to work. I said, man, I don't know, man, there, I could get, I think I could be getting fired today. I don't know, but I, I think I could get fired. And I walk into the office at eight o'clock in the morning. Now my appointment's at 10 o'clock with my manager and I look in my, you know, my, my, my office admin, and she can't even look at me. And I know right there that the call's been made, like I'm toast, okay? Right. And I'm sitting there for the next two hours in my office thinking, what am I going to do? Like, what's the plan? Because, like, when I come out of this thing, I, gotta be, I got two kids, a wife, and a mortgage, and lots of responsibilities, right? We still need my income. And I always equate it to this young, you know, you remember when you were young that you used to have, like, wild dreams? You used to, you never limited yourself on your dreams? Right. So I, always, I this young kid was fighting with this 30-year-old man who had a wife and kids and responsibilities. And the kid was saying, I can do it. I can do it. And um, that's what I wrestled with for two hours. I sat there in my office all by myself, and I made the most simple truthful real promise to myself that day in that room and the little boy won the day right and i and so the the the, um the commitment was that i was going to be willing to do whatever it took to be successful in real estate and i mean and i mean anything right as long as it was legal and ethical right i was willing to do whatever was required and um that's the day my life changed forever, man. I I walked out of there feeling like Rocky, right? Put my (laughs) hands up in the air. Yes. You know, and I was just, I'm so focused on my vision. I'm like, I'm going to be successful. I just know it. I feel it. I'm, I can feel, I can taste the success that lasted for like 30 seconds. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) And then like sure terror falls on me because now I still got to go sell this dream to my wife. Right. And so, but thankfully she she really believed in me and she saw how hard I worked to um to open up an Edward Jones office. And so like if you don't know anything about Edward Jones, everybody starts off door knocking. It is a door-to-door business where you got to go and find your investors by knocking on doors.
0: Okay.
1: I did that for 3 years. Man. And and grew a pretty good book of business. So, um she, she you know it, it really put me through the financial gauntlet. And so I'm getting to where I, or where I raised private money. Okay. So here's what happened. So I get canned. I start, that's when I started wholesaling really truly started as a wholesaler. Okay. And I, I would go to the local RIAs. I would go and find the guy that was hosting the RIAs and say, Hey, listen, can you point out some of the ballers? Right? Who are the guys with money? Right. And he would be like that guy, that guy, and that guy. And so then guess who's sitting by next to him? Me. Right. You know, and I'm like, hey, listen, you know, how do you, where do you like to buy? What's your deal look like? Um, How much rehab do you like? And I'm just like giving all, you know, all the questions you'd ask. And I'm like, well, listen, I find deals like that all the time. Of course, I'm lying out my butt, but, (laughs) you know, I'm here to go find the solution to his problem. Right. He needed a deal and I was eager beaver. So I'm like, whatever it takes. By the way, I wasn't even a realtor. Right. So let's get that out of the way. Um, but I knew someone that was, so I con—I wouldn't say I conned them, but I asked them politely to give me their login and access. And in return, I would let them put their name on every deal that I did all the work for. Right. Right? Solve that problem. And that's how I started. I would make, and this is doing short sales and REOs in 2009, 10, and 11. And um, then something magical happened. Actually, it happened in around 2000 and late 2009. So I did that almost for a year, wholesaling. And then I say something magical happened, and this is what truly set me free and has led me to the path I'm on today is that I did – I raised what I call OPM, other people's money, right? Right. It was my first piece, and so it happened by accident. And this is how I really learned the process is that I was playing racquetball with this this older retired gentleman that used to be my financial uh, client, at Edward Jones. But the thing was, is he didn't really have a lot of money. And so I was, but he lived in a retirement community. And I know, I knew that he knew people with money. So I was really asking him for his help. Now he'd watched me uh, do the wholesaling and and then quit Jones and all that stuff. And um, he watched me kind of be somewhat successful as I was wholesaling. I was, I was getting confidence. And so I asked him one day, I'm like, Hey, Carl, um, You know, you you live in this retirement community. Surely you know somebody that's looking to make their money work a little bit harder. Like, I think I could pay like twelve percent and give someone like a note and deed of trust so they could like play the bank. I'm like, do you know anybody? He's like, well, Corey, I'll, I'll look around. I'll look around. Right. And so that was that. Well, the very next day, Carl calls me, and Carl's like, hey. Um, Corey, do you want to? You know, do you still want to do that twelve percent? And I'm in the back of my mind. I'm thinking, man, Carl found somebody, <laughs> right? And he goes, Corey, you don't know this, but my home is totally paid for, and I can borrow money at three percent. And if you give me twelve, I can make a spread. How much money do you need? And so I sat there and mustered all my courage that I could think of in that moment, a second of time. And I boldly said, Carl, I need $85,000. And Carl said, yeah, okay, no problem. Where do you want me to send it? Wow. And just like that, my jaw dropped down to the ground, I think. And I I didn't have the solution. I was like, uh, uh, because I never thought that far ahead. (laughs) (laughs) And so I'm like, Carl, I'll have to get with you tomorrow on where to put that money. Um, But that was my first Taste of private money, and see, I grew up as a poor country farm boy, and I never thought people would give me their money. It was just a, a limiting belief that I had, and that day I shattered that belief, and so I always equate it to like Clark Kent goes into the phone booth, right, and he comes out opening up his chest as Superman. <laughs> and that's what I did.
0: <laughs> okay, first of all, I need to see a picture of you now ripping your shirt with a shirt underneath that says that cash flow life like you're Superman. Okay. Yeah. That, needs, that needs, to an, <laughs> an, a needs to be a picture. Uh, so real quick, I want to go back. We'll, we'll pick up where you left off there, but I want to go back to where when you got fired from Edward Jones. And, yeah. and I want to share a similar story of mine. Um, I had a job as a restaurant manager, and I knew that wasn't what I was supposed to be doing, but I was stuck in that job. I thought it was the best thing for me and my family at the time, and I was miserable in the job, and I'll never forget a, a gentleman from corporate headquarters flew in and came to walk my restaurant, never met him before. He had no idea my story. Um, I had worked for this restaurant from the day I was 17 years old. I'd worked my way up from being the lowest man on the totem pole all the way up to a general manager.
1: Mm -hmm.
0: And he walked my restaurant and he said, let's go out in the the lobby and let's talk. And he sat me down and right next to some of my regular customers. And they had no idea what we were talking about, but he was a very loud and boisterous gentleman. (laughs) And he informed me that I was nothing more than an overpaid shift manager and I should have never been promoted to that position and that uh, he regretted that the company had put me in that position. And I remember that was that day where I I realized I I don't want someone to ever tell that to me again. And I know I have more inside me. And I know I can create a business. I know I can create uh, wealth for myself and for others and I can create jobs. And very soon after that, that's when I left that company. And uh, I I share that because of your story. My story has a a different path, but um, for anyone out there that is currently stuck in a job and you, you don't think that you can leave that job and go create something for yourself. Take my story, take Corey's story. Um, you can go create whatever you want with hard work, tenacity, and dedication to learning your trade. And amen, bro, you amen. Can create whatever you want. And so, uh, if there's anybody out there that's in a position that you know they're being told that they're not good enough, or you're miserable in your job, uh, uh, maybe I shouldn't advise this, but Get out of it. Leave your job and, and go create whatever it is you want for yourself. So let's go back to your story. Uh, I, I apologize for taking that time to share.
1: No, nah, that that, that's 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 the real stuff, man. Like, it it is, man. That is, man. That's the quintessential why you do this business. I only did it for one reason. I got in real estate for time and money. Right. That's it. Yeah. And I didn't want to have – and for and I couldn't – I used to be a restaurant manager myself.
0: right hey you know what man back then i was working 60 to 90 hours a week give your life to that company right yeah and you know what i i said this a couple months ago to to my partner cassie i said i could not tell you how many hours i work in a week for the past six years of my life i have no idea back then at least 70 hours a week easily I right I could tell you yeah. to the 10th of an hour I'd be like this week yeah. I worked 67.28 hours yep yeah. and I was pissed off about it man yeah. now it's like it's I don't work I don't work I live the life that I want to I do what I'm passionate about and so for anybody out there that is feeling the same way man go find your passion real estate's a great way to do it it's like you said it leverages your time and it creates wealth for you yeah. So so when you decided to to start wholesaling full time, how did that take off for you? Obviously, you raised some money, you you got the 85,000. What did you do with the 85,000?
1: I did a flip, right? And then I did another one. So, uh, and you know, I I used that money for a bit, but what I really got once I understood like the private money thing, then I like my radar just all of a sudden like went ballistic. I'm like, "Okay, who is raising private money right now?" what are they using, um, what's, what's the rules to the game, right? Right. And so what I found is that you need to have kind of like what I call a credibility kit. This is kind of something that, and, and you can, especially as wholesalers, that's what I did, is I created my first credibility kit on all the deals that I wholesaled to other investors, right? I already had the videos of me at the property, because I had to do this for my guys that I wholesale to, like, hey, this is Corey, I'm over here, at this Crap Hole Property, and you know, and I'd create a video of me at the property at the beginning. Right. And even though they flipped it and sold it for profit, I would get on the MLS and use their cell. And a lot of times I manage these guys rehabs because that's what I did, that's how I added value to my clients right. To my as uh, I manage the rehabs because most of my investors were out of out of state you know, that, I'd, mm-hmm. that I'd met at the RIAs. And um, so, I mean it was a really great scenario. So I built my credibility and I was have before and after pictures with YouTube snippets, the videos, and show the breakdown of the profit. Mm -hmm. And so that was my first thing was the credibility kit. And then I learned that if you want to accept money for, you know, and and you got to teach people how to be the bank and how you want your rules to go. And so I created my own private money program. And actually, I mean, I just got it from somebody and another investor. And he gave it to me and then I created, you know, doctored up and made it my own. Right. So now I have a private money pro. Like, here's how I take money. You know, so like when you, when you're sitting down with someone and you say, and, and the other key things I learned at, at a car, and I meant to make this point earlier, is I learned something very, very, very important is in the beginning, you never ask people for their money. You only ask who they know, right. And be, because you take it off of somebody like, so as I start, when I first was new raising private money, I would say, Hey, Carl, listen, um, you know, who do you know that I should know? I want to share, you know, um, what I'm doing now. And I know if you don't understand it, then none of your friends will. So can I have you critically look at my process and, you know, have you critique it for me? Cause I want you to feel real comfortable giving me your friends. And so then now that person is critically looking at what you're saying. And then at the end, I always say the right people always self-select. And they'll be like, Corey, well, aren't you going to ask me if I want to put any of my money in there? <laughs> oh, well, I mean, yeah, I mean, that's fine. I mean, yeah, I'd love right. to have some of your money. But, you know, that wasn't my intention. But, yeah, great. Right. Even though it was my intentions. Okay, right. So, like, but that's a very nonchalant way. And you take all the pressure off. And, dude, it really works. And the right people always say, yes, I'm I'm interested. And the wrong people, you'll never want them in your life. Trust me. Another
0: guest gave a great analogy for this point. He said, you don't want to hunt for private money. You want to fish for private money. Yes. The prey runs away from you. When you fish, you put the lure in the water and the fish come to you. Yeah. And it's exactly what you're talking about. Put it yeah. out there, let them know, hey, I want private money, I'm raising it. <clears throat> but don't just directly ask them, because then they feel like you're desperate for it. Why are you desperate if you're successful? Exactly. So that, that's, a, that's a great way to get people to come to you. So as you were raising more private money and you were doing flips, did you transition away from wholesaling and just into flips?
1: Yep. So I went and I got um... – real deep into uh fix and flipping. I got to where I raised maybe two or $3 million of private money real quickly. And, um, now I'm doing multiple deals, multiple. I mean, I've got crews. What I have is actually a train wreck, right? right. <laughs> because I am. So this is like 2009, 2010. um, Business is good, but I have no idea where I'm at. Right? All I do is cut checks, cut checks, cut checks every every week. Cut checks, manage people, manage subcontractors. Always mad, always upset. I feel like I'm a glorified parts runner for Lowe's because that's really all I seem to do. And um, and because I nobody can get the right tools or stuff at the job site, and I'm a I'm spending more. Less time with my family than I ever have, right? And this is a story that I'll... This is my low story, believe it or not. On the outside, I look very successful, okay? I'm doing and making money, and it looks really good. Mm -hmm. Inside, I'm dying, right? Because on one Saturday, I... My son looks at me in the morning. And says, hey, Dad, are you gonna go s- come see my game? Yes, yeah, man. Yeah, no problem. I, you know, I'm, I'll, I'll be there. And, but inside, I knew I had three homes that I had to look at, right? Yeah. So I run, and I'm, I'm, I'm going. I wake up early, you know. I'm, I'm trying to get all this done. And I look at my watch, and dude, I miss my son's game, man. And I, I'll just, I'll never forget it, dude. I never forget that feeling of feeling like a failure as a father. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: Right. And it changed me. It changed me dramatically that day that I, I didn't want that life. See, when I first started this business, I actually had the perfect representation of what time and money I have. My first mentor, his name is Bruce. I call him Bruce Wayne. Okay. He's (laughs) not, he's not Batman. (laughs) But he was loaded. So 17 years ago, my wife and I, she was my girlfriend at the time. My mom had remarried and to Bruce, and Bruce had a home on Hawaii. Okay, I'm going to tell my little origin story here real quick. All right. But, so we go to Hawaii, and we stay at Bruce's house. Bruce's house is right on the ocean in Kauai, the garden island, right? It's the most beautiful island of all the islands, in my opinion. Right. Um, dude, you walk over the berm and you're in the ocean. It's it's and it's on a on a cove called Anahola Anahola Cove. And um, you walk this you walk the cove, and would you know it? There's a fresh water stream that rolls from the mountains into the ocean. Right? You're wow. like, for real? Come on, man. And <laughs> the sun comes up in the morning and it's glistening off the waves and I mean, and the spray of the ocean and I'm just sitting there in awe of this moment. Like, it was my first time in Hawaii, and, like, it just it overwhelmed me. And I, I remember thinking, like, what does this guy do? Like, what does he do? Because he's got fine art in the house. He's got nice convertible cars. All his cars are legit. And he does His phone's not ringing. And finally I got enough courage to ask him, and he said he did real estate, that he owned apartments.
0: There you go.
1: And so here I am missing my son's game, feeling like a complete failure, and I'm saying, this, this is not the model that Bruce showed me. This is not time and money. Right. This is this has gotta change. And so as I was riding home that day, I drove past an apartment complex, and it's the same apartment complex I've driven by a thousand times, right, on my way home. And I used to always say I wish I could own an apartment complex, I wish. But for some reason, that day, that moment in time, at my lowest, I changed my voice in my head and I said, how can I own an apartment complex? And I don't know what it was, but for a reason, I I asked the question, how could I? And then my brain started firing. And I said, well, what do you know about multifamilies? I'm like, well, I don't know a lot. But where would I find information about multifamily? Oh, well, let's go to Barnes and Nobles. Now you just go in your, you know. So I go to Barnes and Nobles, and I buy every multifamily book, which was only four, um, that I could really find that were you know recently published. And um, so the, the last book, of course, the last book that I read is um, authored by Dave Lindall, David Lindahl. And David Lindahl became my mentor. And, um, and it, actually, he wrote the foreword to my book, Why the Rich Get Richer. And um, so I, 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 again, I just used the same what I call copy your way to success, right? I just did what Dave did and didn't do what Dave didn't do, right? I just followed his exact instructions, and lo and behold, um, I used all my private money raising skills to pull money into one big deal, and so um, let me, I'll I'll tell like, I'll tell the story real quick of how I my, my big deal, right? So. It took me a whole year learning Dave's system. And if I finally got enough courage, I was like, I'm ready. I'm ready to go. And I, and, and by this time now it's 2011 and the market is changing in Phoenix. It's harder and harder to find deals, right? The REOs and short sales are starting to like kind of go away. They're not as many. And I never really had learned direct mail marketing like I do now. Cause I still have a wholesale business now, but, um, but we do it through marketing, right? Right. And I never learned marketing. So I was having a harder and harder time finding deals on the MLS. And I'm like, it really forced me to have to find another solution for all my private money. And so I, it was kind of like the timing again, timing has been really on my side. I don't know why, but, um, and maybe it's a God thing. I believe it's a God thing. But, um, at that point in time, I was ready to do a deal and I just told all my money my private money is that we were going to be moving into the apartment space. And I told them when they all, they all agreed and they liked my plan. And honestly, they trust me at this point I'd given them you know their money back time and time again. We, we made it grow. These are my friends now.
0: right?
1: And so, um, I went, I didn't know how to, I, I what I did was I kind of changed my thinking. So I was going to David Lindall events and I said, man, I've got all this capital with me. I wonder if I'm going to do something different. So I went to his next uh, real estate event and it was a smaller event and there was only maybe like a hundred people there or so. And somehow they let, you know, they're like, Hey, does anybody want to have any announcements or anything they want to say? This is on day one of the of, of three day event. And so I stood up in the back of the room and I said, listen, my name's Corey Peterson and I got a shit ton of money and I'm looking for some deals. Is there any deals out there? And so luckily I said this on Wednesday because I didn't pay for lunch or dinner for the rest of the week. (laughs) And, um, when I discovered what I call the Corleone method, (laughs) so the money, um, you know, he who has the money, the money is always patient. It always gets the last look. It always negotiates out of strength. Um, it never makes rash decisions and it always negotiates the best deals. See, so I used to think the money was in real estate, but what I found is the money—the true money—the money's in the money, right? And so, because I was able, so I found some people that really had a great deal that really needed my money. I negotiated a seventy-five percent ownership of the deal. Um, we raised one point four million dollars of private money. I bought this property for three point two for three point two million. Um, I quickly actually bought out both my partners within like the first six months, and um, I've owned that deal for five years. I just sold it this summer for eight point eight million dollars. Wow!
0: That made is f- that is incredible.
1: Made four point seven million dollars profit. Wow! So um, we did a ten thirty one exchange on that deal, so we didn't have to pay taxes. Right and I just bought a $12.7 million asset um, last month. Man, that's
0: the cash flow of life right
1: there, right? That one deal, that one stupid deal that I bought in 2011 is paying me, will pay me in cash flow at least about $400,000 for the rest of my life. And it will only go up because we raise rents on everybody and we never disappoint them. Right. So that's, that's only one deal, though.
0: <laughs> right, right. That's only one deal. That's what I was about to say. I, I'm assuming there's many other stories like that. I mean, that's that's the direction that your business is has gone in now at this point in time. right?
1: Yeah. Uh, yeah, exactly. We we have like um, I don't know how many units we have, but it's like so closer just getting close to a thousand units.
0: So thousand units. Do you, do you own any rental properties, or are you just focused on multifamily?
1: I have like a handful of single family rental properties, but I don't even really focus on it. So right.
0: I have a wholesaling
1: business in San Antonio. We do around uh, between fifty and one hundred thousand dollars a month in revenue in my wholesaling business. Um, that's all. That's pretty much on autopilot. Um, my, my dad manages that. I got a lot of my family members who work for me, and then um, but my true um, what I do in my daily is i I raise private like today I raised I raised half a million dollars today talking with two people
0: and just for the <clears> record uh, Corey was about an hour late because he was raising that half million dollars and I agreed to forgive him for being an hour late if he split the half million dollars <laughs> I, just, I just want that on record so. yeah <laughs> <laughs> So uh real quick how is how did you get the wholesaling business in San Antonio
1: Um you know I um I, I didn't remember I I didn't know how to find uh short sales and or or do marketing for deals and luckily because of my multifamily business I was able to join this group called Collective Genius which is a great group by the way and um you know, he was like, hey, well, and I didn't really, wouldn't do any volume now in my single family business. And it's a single family real estate group. Right. And, but um, Jason Medley, the guy that runs the groups, you know, I was like, hey, listen, do you have anybody that owns apartments? Like I own all these. So like, why wouldn't you want me in the group, right? <laughs> and so I basically sold his, sold him on why I, you know, I had the money to pay and, um, you know, I wasn't in single family, but I was doing some cool stuff. And he said, yeah, that sounds like a good story. And so I got in. And so I learned the wholesaling business from that group. <laughs> yeah. I had, I didn't even have a wholesale business until then.
0: That's hilarious.
1: And so I just took dubious notes. And like, I am honestly, I am not very smart, but I am a master copier, bro. <laughs> and an implementer. It's so
0: funny you bring that up because it, we have, you know, before we started Titanium Investments, which is my real estate company, Um, we had a couple of other businesses before that were in different industries. We were a general contractor. We did consulting for general contractors and everything that we did. I always said, we're going to copycat other people that are doing what we're doing. We're just going to do it a little bit better. And you, you said it about when you read the books about multifamily investing, you just figured out what the mistakes the other people made were, and you just made sure to not do that. You get yeah. everything else that they did. Just avoid the mistakes. And so it's the same thing with what we're doing at Titanium now. I mean, we're not recreating the wheel. I mean, we, we're, we're following actually a very similar path to what you're going down. I mean, wholesaling to flipping. And then I, I wanted to say something about uh, a flipping business. Some people need to understand what it means to be a volume flipper. You are an investor you are a, an, a, an accountant, you're a general contractor, you're a property manager. I mean, there are so many hats. Can that I, you have can to I say to do that.
1: you're a trader yeah. yeah, with a D, but it feels yeah. like it's with an A, I, like a trader, to the right. to what your true quality was. Because every investor that I know wanted to be an investor, but they're all fix and flippers and wholesalers because we turned on the TV and we saw Flip This House. And we said, oh, that's being an investor. That's not it, bro. And a true investor is when you do work once and it pays you passively time and time again. And that's what I figured out. That was the magic sauce that Bruce had. And so my message to everybody out there is, hey, you can make a living wholesaling and fix and flipping. A great living. I've done it. But you will make... Generational legacy wealth. When you decide to keep some of that stuff for yourself and create passive income, passive income is what will set you free for life.
0: So let me ask you a question. So Bruce, what you know? He had his his property out there in Hawaii, and and your company Kahuna. You're the big kahuna, kahuna, right? Kahuna Investments, yep. Right. Are, are you doing any business in Hawaii? Um, let's just put it this way.
1: I am on a mission right now to, yes, I, well, the big kahuna will be owning within the next five years or less, right? I'm going to say I, can think, I think I can do it in three. But I'm going I'm to own, I want to be the supplier of fun, Okay. And what I mean by that is I'm going to own a killer property. I think it's going to cost me about $3 million. I'm going to be able to at least pay half of it down in cash. That's my, that's the goal that I made mentally in my, what I'm, what I'm going to do, right? Is that I got to at least be able to put half of it down in cash. And then I want to be the supplier of fun. I want to be able to, I'll probably VRBO the property. And then for, my friends, my family, people that I like, my investors, anybody that I really, truly care about, I will send them to Hawaii, you know? There you go, man. And it's, I mean, that's it, dude. And give that gift that Bruce gave to me, which was like, wow, man. Um, and that's really what, that's that's my ultimate goal, is I want to yeah. be the supplier of fun to the people that I care about.
0: So... <clears throat> I have a uh, my best friend since fifth grade. He now lives in Hawaii, and he's a contractor. And so he, for for years, was like, "Man, you you, you got to do real estate with me out here in Hawaii." Mm-hmm. And and I wasn't confident in my abilities to do it in literally the most remote location in the planet. Right. Until a couple of years ago, and I finally pulled the trigger. And, uh, so we, we, we own a couple of properties. Yeah. We're actually, clo- we're, we're actually closing on a property, uh, here in the next couple of months. That's going to be exactly what you're talking about. It's 8,000 square feet, three stories. My buddy's going to live on the top floor and those bottom two floors. We're going to open it up. You know, I can go out there. His family can go out there. We can use it as Airbnb or VRBO. Mm-hmm. Um, that, that's what this is about, man. You know, I, it's It's not about trading it's not about trading your time for money it's about creating enough money to where you have time to do whatever you want and 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 that cash flow I, i mean you know i you like i said at the beginning of this interview you know you motivate me i see your post on facebook and instagram and i'm always like you know damn straight dude like that's Like, I I know the message that you're preaching, and that's what I'm actively pursuing. And for anybody that wants to get into real estate investing, you're right. It's not going to be like HGTV. It's not what you should be striving for. You should be striving for, like you said, do the work one time and let it pay you for the rest of your life.
1: So here's my ultimate, if I could give a give to people, right? At least this is my rules that I try to live by. So there's this movie um, do you remember watching The Devil's Advocate with Keanu Reeves and Al Pacino? Yeah, yeah man. There is a scene that I, I, I always think about, especially now, where him and uh, Al Pacino and uh, Keanu Reeves are on the subway. And, uh, he you know, Al Pacino goes, he goes, Kevin, you know, the problem with you is that everybody sees you coming <laughs> and and here he is, Al Pacino is you know, portraying the devil, but he owns the whole building, all the stuff, everything, the whole firm, and he's riding the subway. And no one would know any wiser right. of who he was and how much he was worth. Right? And I feel like that's who I want to be. I don't want to be the devil, but I want to be the guy that can ride the subway and that I'm no better. I'll never forget how I grew up because I grew up, very poor, uh, as a, in a country farm, and so I've never put money as my god, right? And or things, but I do want to enjoy those things, and I want to share. And but I, I'm I don't ever want to be the guy that's got to be boastful. Like, look at my Lambo. Look at my you know. I see these people. I'm in my jet. Look at my G7, my G whatever the hell that is. Right. I want to throw up. Look at my trophy wife. I mean, <laughs> dude, don't get me started. Okay? Uh, I just want to be the anti-whatever-that-is, and, right. I, and I just want to say, hey, listen, I'm just looking for a couple of good guys and gals that want to do some real estate. That's who I want to, that's who I want to help out, right? The guys that just want to go out there and, and create life and family and help others. That's what it's exactly. all about, and that's that's all you'll be remembered for is who you helped and how much you cared about them.
0: Right. It, it, I couldn't say it any better, so I'm not even going to try to add anything to that. That was <laughs> perfectly said. So I, I think you've pretty much already answered your why, so I'm not going to dive into that. Typically I ask, but man, uh, you've pretty much shared your why through the whole, whole episode, but you kind of briefly touched on where you want to be in five years, but if you could give me the ideal situation for where you are going to be and where your company is going to be in the next five years, what is it?
1: Sunsets and palm trees. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so the ultimate goal is this. Like, I, I love real estate. I'll, I'll never stop doing what I do. Um, you know, in five years, um, the deals that I are doing now – will be coming up that we'll probably be looking at selling and trying to buy new deals. And so that's probably what I'll be doing, but I'll be taking lots of vacations along the way and living life on my terms the way I am now. And I'm um, just doing the things that I want to do with the people that I want to do it. I don't think anything's going to change. Um, as far as my, my daily, I don't need or want for lots of money anymore. Um, that's not the, the reason or the why, but I do love what I do. I love, and I love making people money. Right. So like, I and mean, I just sat down with a guy, um, that's why I was late and you know, we're just talking. I didn't even ask him. I didn't even ask him for money. <laughs> and he's, he's already telling me like, well, you know, like he feels obligated that we're sitting down talking. I was just there to say, you know, just to do check in and say hi, man. And, right. um, and he's telling me how he wants to give me more money. The stock market had him spooked the other day and, um, this one penny stock that he had a lot of money in, uh, went down a little bit, you know, fraction and it scared him. So he cashed, um, $200,000 out and now he just wants to put it in, in what he calls the safe spot. <laughs> right. That's awesome. So yeah, it's been, a, well, it's, it's amazing, dude.
0: Yeah. Well, Hey man, I appreciate you sharing everything that you've shared with us today for the listeners out there. If they want to contact you, what's the best way they can reach you? The best way is to go
1: to kuhunawealthbuilders.com. So um, there's some information there about us. Um, I would say if they are interested in multi multifamilies, um, we have what's called a quick start workshop that we give away for free. You can opt into that. Um, that's a nice little segment that I created that teaches. And, and we're we're moving into the education space. So I've never done that. I'm not a I'm not a guru but I am going to uh, teach what I know. And I'm actually looking really forward to it. I think it's going to be fun.
0: I'm fine with you doing education, but the first time I see you posting a picture standing next to a jet, I'm calling you out on it, Okay?
1: Oh, dude, it'll never happen. Never. (laughs) But I did make this cool little video of me over at NASDAQ, speaking at NASDAQ.
0: Yeah, hey, I saw that, man. That was pretty awesome. Real quick, why don't you touch base on that? What was that like? Oh, dude,
1: it it was awesome, man. Like, speaking at NASDAQ, I spoke at Harvard. Um, Wow. I mean, um, there's, like, it's crazy. There's this book called The Secret. Now, it's kind of far-fetched, right? I'm sure a lot of people have heard about it. It says, uh, you know, think it and it'll come, right? Eh, It's a little too far-fetched for me. But I will believe there is such power in your brain and what you believe and what you think and what you feed it in your ideas and so I, I remember, you know, in 2009, 2010, I mean, I'm I'm sitting there, you know, on the crapper, but I'm reading my books and I'm telling myself <laughs> I'm going to be a multimillionaire. People are going to want to give me their money. I'm going to do well by it. I'm going to teach them, you know, and, and I just, I kept telling me, telling myself that I was going to be successful no matter what. Right. And, um, and believe it or not, it seems like every time I needed something, It kind of showed up when it was supposed to. And I'm not saying that it's all been sunsets and rainbows because there's lots of roadblocks and you got to have thick skin. Being an entrepreneur is the hardest thing you'll ever do in your life, but it's also the most rewarding thing you can do for your family. Right. So,
0: well, I will say this you know, it's kind of like you were talking about the secret, speak it the truth kind of. Um, I have some close friends of mine and they've been wanting to buy a house and they had all this criteria that they wanted for their new home. They're not investors, they're, they're school teachers. And, and I, you know, they're coming to me asking for advice. And, you know, one Friday night I took about a half hour to talk to my friend and I just told him, I said, look, man, y'all are not in a rush. It's going to happen. Just, just wait on what's perfect for you. He calls me one morning and he says, dude, I had a dream last night that I'm going to buy a house with a basement and a tower. And I got on Zillow and there's a house in Bedford, Texas, which for anybody that doesn't understand, there are not houses with basements in Texas. Right. Yeah, that doesn't exist. (laughs) There was a house in Bedford, Texas with a basement and it has like a reading nook tower on the side. Oh, and and it's like he just. Spoke it the truth. He believed it that he was gonna find this house, and so they're at, we're in the process of getting them that house right now. And uh, so on that note, I'm gonna go ahead and speak to, speak it the truth right here. Okay. Do it. I'm going to find an apartment complex in Hawaii for me and Corey to buy together. Okay. Rock right and now, roll. January fourth, two thousand eighteen. I'm speaking it the truth. Okay.
1: Rock and roll, bro there you go man all right
0: hey i appreciate you sharing everything with us and uh this was an awesome interview so i appreciate you uh giving everything to our listeners today
1: hey thanks a lot man you have me on any time dude i appreciate it i love talking about real estate
0: all right man we'll talk to you soon thanks bro